We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to another live edition of the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. No Jack Manuel today, but two regular guests on the show, Will Jackson, Corey Waldron. Guys, how are we doing today? We're buzzing, right? Is that how this goes? Yeah. We're, we're all buzzing. We all got our, our Brooklyn Nets apparel on, and uh, the Brooklyn Nets strike first in the 2019 free agency. Well, you know, you get what I'm saying, offseason. Man, I'm excited. I was not expecting something this early in the offseason. I mean, we're two weeks away from the draft. The finals aren't even over yet. But all of a sudden, Sean Marks just kicks off the NBA offseason again, and the Nets are just right back in to the free agency mix. It's a splashy move, too, and, like, obviously, you know, it's kind of frowned upon to make moves during NBA Finals weeks, but Sean Marks doesn't really care. But before we dive into the Allen Crabb and Torian Prince trade, quick reminder, check us out, iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OGGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, YouTube, and then also design trees for some Brooklyn Buzz tees, also some Nets tees that Will has on, Flatbush and Atlantic supporter of the show. And Marks guys, we trust. And Marks we do trust. A big move today in the details of the deal. Uh, Brooklyn receives Torian Prince, $3.4 million, expiring restricted free agent. 2021 second rounder, Atlanta receives Allen Crabb, $18.5 million expiring contract. 2019 Nets first round pick, 17th overall. A 2020 first round pick, protected 1 through 14. What was your initial reaction to seeing the trade news? I mean, for me, I was I was like, holy shit. I mean, here we go. You, like, like you just mentioned, Nick, you don't normally see these kind of deals being made during the NBA Finals. Like, it's just one of those, like, unspoken rules. But you got to make deals happen. And uh, Torian Prince, I've been a fan of. We mentioned him on the NBA Outlet a few times as a guy from the Atlanta Hawks. We'd like to possibly have seen Moon at the deadline because uh, he's a little bit versatile, can do a little bit of everything. And the Brooklyn Nets get them. They get rid of the terrible – not terrible. It's terrible. Alan yeah, <laughs> the terrible <laughs> Alan Crabb contract. You ship off two first-round picks, but you're you're looking at the win-now scenario. You opened up a max slot, and then ding, 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 the dinner bell's here. What, what free agent is coming to Brooklyn? 
Yeah, I mean, um, awesome. I mean, I tweeted out a few weeks ago that whenever Woj or Shams tweet out something that starts with the Brooklyn Nets, I have a mini heart attack. So when I saw <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets and the word trade in the same sentence during the NBA Finals, I just freaked out. I mean, first off, it's a great deal for both sides because now the Hawks have three top 20 picks in this year's draft, so they can get something going. But for the Nets, I mean, look, you can look. Prince is an amazing piece. I'm excited to see what Kenny Atkinson can do with him. But we cleared up $18.5 million in cap space, and that's really the biggest part of this trade in my eyes because we all know the free agent rumors about free agents coming to Brooklyn this year. And, I mean, just as a Nets fan, you can't be more excited than this. Yeah, I was I was super hyped. You know, obviously, like Will mentioned, you see Woj tweeting about the Nets. You're like, what is Sean Marks up to? Then, obviously, getting rid of Crab was a priority. Regardless if that means KD or Kyrie, the Nets wanted to open up more cap space. Alan Crab, when he was healthy, he's been solid for the Nets. The problem is he's pretty much missed half the time he's been in a Nets uniform. And then getting a player back, this, in my opinion, was almost a best-case scenario because I expected a trade maybe to Cleveland, getting J.R. Smith, maybe wave him because of his partially guaranteed contract, or just getting nothing back. Obviously, the Nets gave up two first-round picks, but this draft class, is pretty bad and I feel confident to say that Prince is going to be better than whoever they would have gotten at 17 or future long term probably better than 17 and shout out to the OTG draft team confirmed it with them just so I didn't look stupid on the show but uh, you know overall I'm really excited and just another big move and it could lead to a lot of things and we'll kind of talk about what it could lead to but let's talk about what Torian Prince brings to the Nets you know it's not like he's a bad player he's a solid player starting level player in the NBA and has some potential to improve. Yeah, I mean, I think Prince was a solid guy um, in his time in Atlanta, kind of like a Damari Carroll in a sense of uh, he can shoot threes, he can play uh, he's a pretty a pretty good perimeter defender, I say above average, a uh, decent rebounder, obviously playmaking. I'm not I'm not going to say he's a good playmaker. I'm not totally sure on that, but I know he's had some very nice games, and he's not necessarily you know, the answer at the small forward position or at a small ball four, but he's a guy you can either move again if you wanted to in the future, or he can be a guy who kind of fits the timeline of the Brooklyn Nets in, in um, age. Yeah. I mean, he's only 24. He's going to be 25 at the start of next season. And kind of the big thing that I was talking about with a lot of people on Twitter today after the trade is that, like Corey said, he's kind of like a mini Damari Carroll. I mean, not in height, but like just in age, he's 25. Damari's in his thirties. I mean, Prince can shoot the three. I mean, He's a good defender. I'm just excited to see what Kenny has in store for him. Like Corey said, you know, he could play the small ball four. He could play the three. He's not going to start just with uh, the guards that the Nets have and the forwards that the Nets have right now. But I'm just excited to see what the Nets can do with him. Yeah, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he started. I don't mind him as your fourth or fifth starter. You know, solid three-point shooter, shot close to 40% last year, ability to kind of slash to the rim, can play good defense. Last year wasn't his best defensive year. Year one and year two, he kind of flashed a little bit more in that area. So hopefully he can continue to improve in a lesser role offensively. And obviously the team in Atlanta wasn't amazing. You know, this year they had Trey Youngs and John Collins. But uh, Prince was injured most of this season as well. So maybe a little bit more gravity if the Nets were to attract a store, allow him to be a little bit better. And then, you know, also just a couple other things. He is a good complimentary player. He is a restricted free agent, so the Nets control his future if they do want to retain him. I think that's important, especially if they sign some big free agents and go over the cap. This allow them to retain him even if they were to be over the cap. And then also, just a quick shout out, he is good friends with Kevin Durant. Well, so is Karis LeVert. 
Yeah, so we got uh, two of KD's buddies and possibly three if Kyrie were to sign. So just throwing that out there. And then also, you know, there is a connection to Kenny because he was playing under uh, Coach Bud, who is obviously part of the – Kenny's part of his coaching tree, so something to keep in mind as well. He also played a little time with the Nets G League team when Atlanta didn't have a G League team, so the Nets got a first-hand look at him and kind of know what to expect with his game. So, like I said, I think it's really good that you're able to pick up a solid player while dropping a bad contract. Now, let's talk about what this means for the Nets as a team and what this means for the offseason, you know, the big the, – really the big reason for this trade, but I don't want to undersell Torian Prince either. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you get a nice piece in Prince. The restricted free agency is always the plus. Anytime you can retain somebody who's young, uh, especially for your franchise when you want to go big game, big game hunting is ideal. So that part is fine. As you mentioned, Prince, I think he's going to be solid, whatever role he ends up having. But realistically, this was the trade that just opened the floodgates um, Mm -hmm. because now it is possible for them to get two max players or a max player and then um, give D'Lo the max to retain D'Angelo Russell. Uh, so now you have options, right? Do you want to do D'Lo Kyrie if you can get that? Do you want to do Kyrie KD? Um, maybe you even work something where you could – I could even stick a sign-in trade possibly for D'Lo. That would in turn get Anthony Davis maybe in the Kyrie signing. Uh, there's just a lot of possibilities now for the Brooklyn Nets. And obviously we knew that there was interest for Kyrie to the Nets beforehand. And now to me this was a move saying, you know, Kyrie, like we're going to do what we can to – to open up a spot for you and to maybe even bring your friend Kevin Durant, who we know you want to play with. Uh, but again, like, I'm not sure you guys know better than me. I'm not sure if this is like the end of D'Lo or if this still means there's a chance that there's a D'Lo Kyrie pairing. I personally don't think you want to have D'Lo and Kyrie on the same roster. Um, but you guys obviously can dive into that more. I mean, D'Lo and Kyrie, that's been the whole debate the last month since the Nets have been eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, like Corey said, the Nets now have room for two max spots, one with D'Lo or two without him. So, I mean, just the big thing for the Nets, especially with what Woj said in the article that he put out today, is that Brooklyn and Kyrie have strong mutual interests for playing with each other. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, does Sean Marks think that Kenny Atkinson can make Kyrie Irving and D'Angelo Russell work? I mean, obviously, nobody knows the answer to that right now. And I don't think another guard is the answer to the Nets' problems right now because they already have Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. To add D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie Irving to that would just be almost too much, in my opinion. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Nets do if they do bring in Kyrie Irving and bring back D'Angelo Russell in terms of just floor spacing. Yeah, I think uh, the chatter has been, you know, like Will mentioned, the recent weeks, a lot of Kyrie and D'Lo. But the last few days, it seems like the Kyrie KD uh, rumors have kind of increased, and that makes you feel a little bit more confident, especially with all the interest you've gotten from Kyrie and the Nets, you know, reports of him being in Brooklyn. I know there was conflicting reports that he was at the 4040 Club last night with Karis LeVert, Jared Dudley, uh, Theo Pinson, and Alan Williams. So if that's true, obviously meeting with Karis LeVert is pretty big, but uh, I'm not really sure. But what I do know is that regardless for the Nets to make a big move this year, they needed to drop Alan Crabb, and they did that. Does that mean retaining D'Angelo Russell and maybe signing another player like Jimmy Butler? Does that mean D'Lo and Kyrie? Does that mean D'Lo? Uh, KD and Kyrie, whatever it may be, this is a move you had to make to make opportunities available. Obviously, trading two draft picks is still pretty big, obviously, for a franchise that still has nightmares about the Boston trade. But like I talked about, this draft class isn't very good. Next year's pick, it is what it is. It's protected one for 14. If they make the playoffs, have a solid run. They're not really going to care about losing that. So what it does for me, in my opinion, just opens up the possibilities of the offseason. And now you just don't have to worry about getting around Alan Crabb. 
you know, there wasn't concern because there's only so many teams that could take out a contract like that and then give you something small and back. Like they got rid of Alan Crabs 18.5, Torian Prince is only 3.4. So they're, you know, saving $15.1 million on the books right there. Obviously they have to renounce, renounce other guys being uh, D'Lo, wherever it may be, depending on who they sign. So just, I think this move, what it does is just open up the opportunities. And a lot of the reports from a, Brian Windhorse and Woj have been the Nets are really confident in the moves they're going to make this upcoming offseason. And this kind of signifies that because, you know, you made this move really early. Like, it's not like this is June 29th. This isn't draft night. This is June 6th. Like, it's, it's a really early trade and you're feeling confident. And obviously all the reports are coming out that kind of support the Nets confidence. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to feel good if you're the Brooklyn Nets right now, especially with um, how last season turned out with you guys making the playoffs, um, having that tough first round matchup against the Sixers and being competitive in that series. And you kind of had that feeling they were a star away. Now, my only question to you guys is, are there, I saw this tweet kind of this, or this brought up a lot on Twitter recently. Is there a fear of Kyrie messing up the chemistry if he is the guy coming into Brooklyn? Uh, Because I saw some guys mention like D'Lo was a big part of this culture shift in Brooklyn. Does losing D'Lo affect that culture or is it more so you just got to get the big names when you can have the big names? You know, I think it's a mix of both. I mean, obviously wherever Kyrie has been, there's been drama in the locker room. So you can't just ignore that. But on the other side, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, you know, these are the guys who have been, you know, the cornerstone of the turnaround of this organization and just letting, a guy like D'Angelo Russell go for nothing kind of just says, you know, do they really care about what D'Angelo Russell brought to this organization or do they just care about bringing in the big stars? So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the Nets can balance that out kind of in this offseason. Yeah, I think uh, the Nets feel confident in their culture. I think they'll have other guys on the roster. It's not like they're doing the Anthony Davis trade. You know, I think this kind of takes that away from a little bit. I think it's still a possibility, but a lot less likely likely now. So they'd still have Dimwee. They still have Levert. They still have Joe Harris, Jared Allen. Jared Dudley's probably staying. And I think the Nets believe in the culture they set, not only with the players, but the organization as a whole, from the ball boy to Sean Marks to Kenny Atkinson. I think they believe they can get the best out of guys, and the culture's kind of there to stay, just like the Spurs. There's been a lot of comparisons with that. And I think Kyrie, a, a big reason for his, you know, quote-unquote team, wanting him to come to Brooklyn is because they think it'll help his career and get the best out of Kyrie. So yeah, losing D'Angelo Russell will hurt in terms of culture, but I think the Nets feel confident if they bring in Kyrie, KD, whoever it may be, their culture is there to stand. And their culture is really around the players and the players getting the best treatment, you know, taking care of them with the performance team, limiting their minutes, making sure they're good for the playoffs, taking care of their family. So a lot of their culture is making the players want to come here. So yeah, it would suck and they would hope D'Angelo the best, but if you're getting two top five players at the position, maybe top two top three whatever you want to say in terms of Kyrie and KD you know I think D'Angelo Russell understands that like you you can't be blind to what's happening in the NBA and I'm not sure if you know D'Angelo Russell ever be as good as Kyrie Irving yeah I think that's a fair point so I think uh you know obviously there is some concern with it but We'll see what happens. Also, a couple of quick uh, comments in the sh- uh, chat. We got Zach Murphy, you know, has been on the show. Zach, uh, another Australian who sports the Nets. He brought up a great point. The fact is we have some of the Atlanta staff in the front office now, assistant GM. That does help the influence in knowing what Prince brings to the team. John Reyes says, keep D'Lo. We don't need Kyrie. Let him go to the Knicks. And I mean, I understand why people would say that, but if, if it means that you're getting Kevin Durant, you don't not do it. And then also, even if you were to retain, I think uh, D'Lo and bring in Kyrie, there's a possibility of trading D'Angelo Russell or trading somebody else down the line. I think you just get talent and then you worry about it afterwards. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, I think D'Angelo Russell to the Knicks would be one of the worst case scenarios for the Nets just because he is D'Angelo Russell. He took this team to the playoffs for the first time in a while, but 
No, Nick, you're absolutely right. When you have the opportunity to get talent, you get that talent. And the Nets are in a prime position with the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Lakers to be one of the four biggest teams as free agency. And just to hear, as a Nets fan, to hear the name in that pool is just so exciting. So, I mean, I agree with you that when we have the opportunity to get those players, we need to get those players in. I mean, I think also, you know, the fact that you you mentioned those four teams and two of those teams have ownerships and cultures that you can really uh, question in the Lakers and the Knicks and the Nets and the Clippers have kind of um, flipped the script on their cross-town ca- cross counterparts. Um, so I think that's a benefit for the Nets. I actually, like, I, I, I'm just feeling this now. Is it like, you guys think a D-Lo signing trade for Anthony Davis? Like, what would a package like that look like? Just hypothetically thinking. Because I think the Pelicans would have interest in pairing D'Lo and Zion long-term. I've talked to, sorry to cut you off, Will. I've talked to some Pelican fans about the idea. And I think the tricky part about a sign-in trade, especially with a young player, I think the Nets would need to know, like, all right, we're getting Kyrie, so we were to lose D'Angelo or he wouldn't want to come back in this situation, we'll feel okay. But I would say D'Angelo Russell, Rodion's Karoots, uh, Jared Allen, probably another first-round pick. Maybe you have to send Spencer Dinwiddie to Phoenix and get that sixth pick and then throw that in the trade because obviously we're talking to Anthony Davis and there's a lot of big opponents out there. So I think there is a possibility and then maybe – I mean, there is a scenario. This is a crazy scenario, but it's not outlandish. And I think you technically could make it work with a cap where you could get Kyrie, KD, and AD and still have Karis LeVert and Torian Prince on the roster. I know it's obviously like a dream scenario, but it is possible financially. And I think realistically, the Nets are trying to get that dream scenario, right? I think their dream scenarios right now, sorry to cut you off again, Will, uh, is Kyrie and AD or Kyrie and KD. Yeah, I mean, the thing about trading for Anthony Davis is that it's going to take so many players off your roster just to get that one player. And, you know, the big thing about the Nets this season was depth. And obviously Anthony Davis is a perennial MVP candidate, like I said, in uh, the Nets trade targets. But, I mean, to give up that many pieces, I just don't know how realistic it is for the Nets to be able to make that happen with the sign and trade and with letting all these other pieces go. Because, yes, you're left with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Karis LeVert, and... um Anthony Davis, but then you, you just got rid of basically your entire bench, your entire depth. And I mean, that just, that does hurt a team. That does hurt a culture just a little bit. You're the East Warriors though, essentially. Like you have three top 15 players in the league and two potential and one potential all-star in Laver and then Torian Prince. Obviously this is a dream scenario. So I don't, I'm not even going to talk about it anymore because I don't want to get excited. Oh, fine. But, <laughs> but uh, hey, Corey, you know, you got thrown what you got, thrown what you got. I was just going to say, I mean, th- this is my only two cents on that hypothetical is yeah, the depths, the depth, you know, it hurts a little bit. But then this is when you get guys like Iggy and Sean Livingston, the guys who are on the back end of their career who want to win a ring and they'll sacrifice some money to come play for you. And, you know, New York isn't the worst place to go sacrifice the end of your career to try and win some chips. 100%. Jared Dudley's loved it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think that the Nets are going to be in a position to get those three players on the team this year. But if if it does happen, I'm sure the Nets will be the East Warriors. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, I've even seen people already mentioning, you know, if they get Kyrie and KD, maybe mid-level exception for a guy like DeAndre Jordan as like a backup center or starting center, depending on what you do with Jared Allen. So if you bring two stars like that, and then you, I think the fact is if you have potential all-star like Karis Lever on the roster and then Torian Prince, who we mentioned before, is a really good complimentary player. And you still have Jared Allen, who like, you know, if you're not getting AD, Jared Allen still has plenty of growth in playing with you guys that are just going to create a ton of gravity on the floor. It's really huge. And I think 
you know, as much as people try to point out the negatives, there's just a huge benefit for everybody on the roster and that's organization. And just Sean Marks turning around this franchise so fast, like uh, no one would have anticipated this when he took the job. Like they would have t- maybe expected a turnaround, but nothing like this with the possibility from going from a terrible team, worse in the league to now being possibly going to next year, one of the top teams in the league. Obviously yeah. it's all rumors and speculation, but it's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that like nobody was expecting to turn around this quickly. Nobody was expecting you know, any of these moves to happen so quickly. I mean, Sean Marks, you know, when he got into office, he made things happen. And that's kind of what he's been doing his his with his time in Brooklyn. So, I mean, just to see moves happen so often. And, I mean, like I mentioned before, the Knicks kick, kicked off the offseason again. I think it's the last three seasons now with D'Angelo Russell, Dwight Howard, and Abtarian Prince. Sean Marks is aggressive in the offseason. And I think that's going to continue not only throughout this summer, but throughout summers to come. 100%. Now, guys, before we get out of here, let's hear percentages. What is the percentage chance Kyrie Irving lands with the Nets this offseason? July 30, uh, June 30th, July 1st, are we seeing Kyrie signs a four-year max deal with the Nets? What percentage you got? Corey? Wait, am I, do I give you a date, too? Or I no, just, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I got it. Jesus. Whole, I mean, I got to be honest. I think um, all of these marquee free agents, I think they go in the first four days. I don't know if that's a hot take. I feel like this all gets settled though relatively quickly. Um, now with that, because you got to build a championship team, right? Um, now with that said, I think I would give Kyrie at this point in time. Uh, he's a guy who changes his mind a lot, so I'll say sixty-five percent chance right now that Kyrie ends up in Brooklyn. You know, I'm usually not um, very optimistic when Nick gives me these percentage <laughs> scenarios, but. Uh... Something about this, I'm going to regret saying this. So I'm going to go 85%. Wow. I mean, that's optimistic. Will, you definitely are never that high. I'll go in between. I'll go with like 70 or 75. I think there's still a slight chance he could resign with Boston. I don't think it's likely. No. There's also a chance he could end up with the Knicks or a chance he could end up with the Lakers. But it looks like the Nets are the most likely place he lands. Now, what about Kevin Durant? Obviously, there was less speculation, but now the last couple of days, Nets looking more confident. Stephen A said yesterday, I think on first take, that NBA executives are kind of toying with him saying that KD will probably end up in Brooklyn. What are you putting the KD percentage at? Corey? Oh, that's bad first. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm used to the old format. Uh, uh, 50%. I, I say it's a coin wow. flip. I think it's a wow. coin flip. I, I, I think come over there and hug you right now. I'm about I, to think, I honestly think it's a coin flip between Brooklyn and I honestly would have to say if the Warriors win, then they're out. But if the Warriors lose, I think it's a toss-up between Brooklyn and Golden State. So I think there's something that you would want to like prove. I know you're saying Brooklyn and Golden State, but I something about the Knicks, I feel like that's just where he's going to end up. Um, I mean, obviously the Nets have Karis LeVert. The Nets have, would have Kyrie Irving in this scenario, but um, I just, I don't see it happening. I'm going to go 40, no, 35% that Kevin Durant is the net next season. So if they land Kyrie, I'm going to put my percentage at like 60. If they do not get Kyrie, it drops more to like that 35. So I think Kyrie is a deciding factor here. And like we mentioned, Levert Prince having a relationship. I just don't see the intrigue going to the Knicks if Kyrie wasn't there. Like who else is going to go there with him? Who Ricky else? Rubio. Davis? Yeah. Ricky, Ricky Rubio. And that's what the Knicks would have to do. They'd have to go all in on the Anthony Davis trade and make that happen. But the weird thing is if they were going to do that, you think you'd have more – you know, talk about that possibly happening now. So I don't see really see KD going to the Knicks and signing with like Jimmy Butler or like Kemba Walker. Like he wants to play with an elite talent. Not saying Jimmy Butler isn't one, but I'm not sure how that relationship really is. I'm fully prepared for upset Knicks and Laker fans all summer. Oh, yeah. Knicks fans have been in my mentions for months now. I'm just excited to see what actually happens. You know, talk is talk, but I, I don't believe anything until I see the Photoshop paper. photos eventually fade. 
<laughs> I guess they do. Any final thoughts or questions you guys want to throw out there before we pop off? Uh, Corey? Keep buzzing. <laughs> Keep buzzing. Yeah, I mean, um, in Marks We Trust. And Marks We Trust, obviously, Corey, Will, great show with you. We'll be actually dropping some more buzzes over the weekend and next week. Jack was supposed to hop on tomorrow. We'll probably talk about this a little bit more in depth and talk about some other rumors that will probably pop up between now and then. As always, appreciate everybody checking us out. iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, Netsbook.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Also, head to Design Tree for some Brooklyn Buzz and some Nets gear. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.